I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. Is that even a word? Those scarves are awful. Oh, I like them. So welcome back to episode 999 of the At Wits End podcast. Your gut knows best. <laughs> I'm Meg. I'm, I'm Kim. I'm so excited to be back recording. I feel like our listeners might not know, but we actually haven't recorded in like months now. We've just been re-releasing, or not re-releasing, but releasing pre-recorded recorded content so it's fun to actually be like sitting on the floor of my bedroom again surrounded by pillows (laughs) trying to muffle any sort of echo how are you doing have you been anything exciting (laughs) i feel like there's a lot of people who are gonna roll their eyes when when they hear you ask that yeah i had a baby not our international not our international listeners we have a huge a huge audience of people that don't know us like a full seven percent of the total It's my family from overseas, but yeah, yeah I, I had a baby. That that's really the the biggest thing that's happened since we were recording. So you probably have heard mentioned in previous episodes that I was like uber pregnant. Now I'm uber not pregnant and with a baby, and his name is Hugo, and he was born April eighth. And if this year has like taught me anything, or like what's it called when someone like really gets in your face and is like just you're like I get it. What would you call that? Like somebody who's like really insistent. Well, like, drive the point home or yeah so if the last like two years have done anything it's try to drive the point home that like should I plan for something it's not gonna go that way because between like every big event from our wedding and all things associated with that being canceled to like Hugo and um my birth story is one of those where like haha got you <laughs> you thought you were gonna <laughs> just have a baby no a week later you know we're finally home and and so he's been with yeah. us for a month now and it's great babies babies are are the best so he is a couple feet away from me while we're recording this and he is fingers crossed knock on wood gonna sleep right through the rest of this yeah so we've just basically my husband's gotten six weeks off and so he only has like a week left now we've just been hanging out with the baby cursing the clouds and then watching copious amounts of uh, murdoch mysteries so i know i'm like 10 years behind on that but murdoch mysteries is the best thing ever and it's just for those of you that don't know it's like toronto-based crime series of a snazzy detective in the late 18 to early 1900s set in toronto i think i said that already but yeah it's, yeah it's, the it's like it's ever. like a canadian it's like canadian sherlock holmes kind of but it's funny because speaking of murdoch mysteries i've been obsessed with these books by this toronto historian called adam bunch and he's so cool and i have just the best story for you that's from one of his books he has two one's called the toronto book of the dead i believe and the okay. other one's called the toronto book of love and so the toronto book of love is his new one and they're basically 
basically like short historical stories of like the book of love is all about like love stories that all have taken place in Toronto and it goes basically from the time that the first settlers kind of came to Canada oh, all the way up to like modern day <laughs> stories so I have a good story for you but we'll save that for the end of this episode because I want to chat with you first about our topic for this week about which gut is, yeah gut feelings <laughs> what do you think about the concept of gut feelings are you a big trust your gut person or do you think there's more to it than that okay <laughs> I'll start off by saying that me and my guts I, I'm gonna have to have a talking to them because sometimes I, I think that you know I'm listening I'm being intuitive you know that there's a connection and then it totally doesn't go the way that my gut said it was gonna go you know? I think the concept of gut feelings is is really interesting I know that it's been around for a really long time you know when we used to think I was reading something like back in biblical times your soul was found in one place your emotions were found in another place for a long time people have been associating gut feelings as being like an actual tangible thing which is like pretty cool and I think now that as we know a little bit more about what's happening I think that the concept of gut feelings can sometimes be like magic and (laughs) whereas like a lot of people maybe it's like the lazy man's way out sometimes when you're like I'm just gonna trust my gut in this and not put in the work to like determine you know whether or not Mm -hmm. this is a logical progression like I'm thinking of like business ideas sometimes or like taking risks and I think that sometimes people use gut feelings do something super risky and then if it works out they're like I trusted my gut and then if it doesn't they just don't talk about it Mm -hmm. I think because my gut feelings for whatever reason maybe my, my connection just not good sometimes they haven't worked out or like I've trusted things and then I'm like this is a horrible mistake that I know I'm not the biggest trust your gut person because I think obviously if it's like maybe for like the good trust your feelings like when if it's like too good then I'm like oh it's too good to be true and I put too much work into it or I put additional work into it when it's like a bad gut feeling yeah then most of the time I'll be like okay at least it'll make me pause but I don't think I'd I'd say that I'm like ruled by my gut which is funny because I'm like such a foodie but (laughs) yeah (laughs) what about you it's funny because I actually definitely think I am a big trust your gut person but like that's also not to say that I'm like my gut tells me this so like that's what I'm doing (laughs) like I also am someone who like overthinks everything so like it's it's a bit two-sided But I definitely am someone who, if my gut's telling me something's not a good idea or it's not a good situation or someone's not trustworthy or something like that, I usually follow that. Because, like, I think there's a time and a place to logically take the time to think things out and really Mm -hmm. take your time when you're making a decision. But I think that there's a big part of our instincts that's when you know, you know you know yeah yeah and I, <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> I know it's like that analogy you know when they say like, if you have to make a hard decision you flip a coin because when it's in the air you'll know which way you want it to go yeah I think that says a lot about trusting yourself when you're making a decision there's a lot more factors decision making is obviously a lot more complicated than just listening to what you feel but it's an important factor you know Plus, I think you could split it up into like gut feelings towards people, decisions, danger. What else could there be? Yeah. Food. Humans are so complicated that I think it's totally possible to like have a gut feeling about someone that turns out to be totally wrong because it's different than danger. Whereas when you're like this shark infested water, my gut's telling me like not to go in it. It's like, yeah, maybe don't do that. Right. Did you know there's actually like a lot of science behind why we have gut feelings? So like, okay, I I know it more from not really 
really no i'm gonna say no i don't i know things about microbes and stuff and i have a little fun fact if you don't touch upon it but no tell me tell me about it like i know a little bit it helps with our functioning in the body but Mm -hmm. specifically with gut feelings tell me about the relationship. So that is really a lot of it. So to preface this, I'm not a scientist, doctor, or any sort of professional. (laughs) Take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because this is my understanding based off kind of the research I did when I was writing kind of my notes for this podcast episode. Basically, a lot of the research about our brain-gut connection is still in its really early days. Like I'd say within the last 10 years, it seems to have really kind of started to develop. A bit of background for anyone who doesn't know a lot about our guts. Our gastrointestinal system is made up of like 100 trillion microbes, which is like 10 times the number of cells in our bodies. A lot of the time you'll hear the gut microbiome referred to as the second genome because that's how much genetic material it contains. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Our gut is actually it's the only organ that has its own nervous system and while a lot of the early research into that connection between our gut and our brain took this top-down approach where it was like the brain controls the gut more of the recent studies are showing that it's actually more of a two-way conversation Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like our guts telling our brain things and our brains also telling our gut things and like I think something like 90% of the serotonin that our bodies produce comes from our gut stop that was my fun fact yeah was it (laughs) just like because like I'll literally ask somebody be like you know serotonin what makes you feel really good I won't get into the chemistry of it and I'll ask people I'm like what percentage do you think is made up in the brain right and then they always be like oh like 80 percent 75 and then I'm like ha 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 10 and then I proceed yeah. to lecture about but but that's really the only thing I know is the serotonin connection yeah which is amazing so it's more more recently they've done a lot of studies with rodents that have shown that this link between the gut and neural development it influences our brain chemistry our emotional behavior pain perception and like stress responses and they think that there's probably a lot of similarities here between how it works in humans as well Mm -hmm. and so like it's not exactly that our guts are telling us what to do but i think there's a reason to believe that a healthy gut helps us to sharpen those instincts and keep that two-way communication healthy and so we're not having I think and I don't have it written down but there was a study that looked at rats when they had altered the bacteria in their gut Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden some of them like weren't anxious and shy anymore like they were really bold that obviously from a gut instinct perspective isn't exactly good if you're a mouse to be like yeah I can do anything like (laughs) I'm I'm gonna fuck you up (laughs) yeah assuming that that is similar in humans I could see how if we have a healthy gut it you know enhances our ability to make the right judgment calls and really perceive the world around us that's so yeah because I know that there is so if there's a connection with serotonin then that means there may or may not in some cases be a connection with like depression and certain mental health um, ailments Mm -hmm. right is that and it's interesting too because when you enter into like a depressive state oftentimes one of the first things that start to suffer or starts to suffer is like your diet and Mm -hmm. if your gut microbiome is so beneficial to kind of keeping things in line and being the best you it's interesting like the the phrase what is it you are what you eat because if you're Mm -hmm. eating well and you're and you're and you have this beautiful microflora going on in your guts 
then you have 1.3 trillion little guys going like go (laughs) yay yeah (laughs) don't do that well exactly i just think if you have that like there's a whole i think field developing around nutritional psychology using that in treatments to help people develop like healthy responses to things and Mm -hmm. kind of enhance our behaviors through what we eat so anyways that's basically the research that I was able to find on it I'll link in the show notes for anyone who's actually interested in reading the studies that I read but not that our gut's telling us per se what to do but I think it's that a healthy gut is is, gives you that strong yeah okay so there's but then how do you like how would you say you know, to trust your gut, like to differentiate between like trusting your gut and then taking the time to like actually think something through because like you're going to get a gut feeling if we were to give you a series of, um, I don't like forks in the road, right? Or two different options. I think your gut would, you'd get a feeling immediately, but at what point or like, how do you kind of differentiate between when do you just trust your gut slash okay, like take a step back, really think through like, what would you, do you have a deciding factor? Like, how would you approach that? I think it's about balance. Like, I think there's decisions in life where you have to make them kind of in the spur of the moment, or sometimes it's best to make them in the spur of the moment. And that's kind of the right way to do it is just to trust your gut. But there's also decisions that I think you really need to think things through. And one of the really good analogies that I had heard was that when a situation has like a lot of gray area and there's kind of a lot of pros and a lot of cons, no matter which way you go, that's when trusting your gut becomes important because that will lead you probably in the direction that's at least best for you if not necessarily the right decision for somebody else versus more logical problems where there's one clear answer as Mm -hmm. to like what you're supposed to do or like one solution that you need to come to that's when maybe taking the time to weigh (laughs) things out and process is better but like what do you think so i think of it well just as you're you're describing this and i'm listening i'm I'm getting like this visual of you're in a big like conference room and you have all these stats coming in and you're trying to logically decide and then there's the gut feeling screaming at you. (laughs) (laughs) I think taking into consideration a gut feeling is is always important. See, I I almost want to say that you kind of do it in tandem. Granted, there's not always time to really think through and and do something logically Mm -hmm. and progressively, you know, like an algorithm, right, that sometimes... So I think for me, like deciding factor is time that sometimes you just got to do it. But for the most mm-hmm. part, I would say going forward, it's kind of like you you take both. Like you try to incorporate both because what is driving like a logical analysis, you know, that's your brain. And if it's working together with the gut feeling, then yeah. It, oh, this is such a okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just like trying <laughs> to work through it because like you can literally be reckless and you can really do whatever mm-hmm. Or you can not work hard at certain things or or really take the time because it's almost, it's, yeah, like I said before, it's like a lazy man's approach to just be like, yeah, guts, do your stuff. (laughs) And then, yeah, you know. No, totally. I think, yeah, I think it is really just about balance. But do you think some people have stronger gut instincts or like better gut instincts than other people or do you think it's just something where some people are more in tune to being aware of those feelings? Ooh. Okay, so from like a scientific <laughs> point of view, <laughs> yeah, probably somebody who health health is wealth. There's a lot of stupid like idioms, right? <laughs> In regards yeah. to you are what you eat. Health is wealth. <laughs> <laughs> Self-care is the best care. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yuck. <laughs> but yeah, so the scientific point of view, yeah, then it should stand that some people should have better because they have like a a better setup down there or they have more I don't know that's I think some people are stupid and I don't know if it's a <laughs> gut thing or just like a not all there yeah thing. but I think yeah maybe it's probably being aware like I think as you yeah because so your gut feeling another way of looking at gut feeling would you say like that's your intuition yeah I think so I think it's kind of the same thing I feel like those are kind of synonyms for each other so I mean like if you're a bad not a bad person but like if you are a criminal <laughs> And your gut feeling mm-hmm. is like, rob this bank. <laughs> Speaking of, of Murdoch mysteries, I'm so excited to hear your story that everything is just going back to, you know, a gut feeling. Just because you have a gut feeling in the sense of making a decision, it may not necessarily be the right decision. What? Here's a counter question for you. What do you think the connection between like, would you put intuition and your conscience on the same level? I feel like, yeah, it's... I don't know. I think that you can become more well-trained in being able to have a strong gut instinct about specific things. And I would qualify that in the same way as building your building your intuition or like building your ability to read a situation. And I was reading this study, this Italian study that was done a number of years ago, but basically they had these participants watch a series of video clips mm-hmm. where a person either drank a glass of water or poured the glass of water. And they would pause the clip right after the person picked up the glass. So you couldn't tell which way they were going to go. All they had done was pick up the glass. And then they would ask participants what which one do you think they're gonna do and what they found was that an alarming number of people for it to be just chance guessed correctly oh and so what they put that down to was that it was actually our brain doing this thing kind of like mirroring and we were remembering our own muscle memory and being able to predict what someone was gonna do based off of that and so then they did a similar study with basketball players where someone did like a free throw kind of thing and then it would pause and then they asked basketball players like is this gonna go in or not and most (laughs) basketball players were guessing correctly but most non-basketball players didn't have the same success rate so (laughs) it had something to do with the fact that if you were familiar with something you know similar to how like firefighters know when to get out of a burning building before floor collapses you know you base it on like past experiences and then something that you're not even maybe consciously processing says like do this or this is gonna happen and you might not be like oh it's because I have played so much basketball or whatever that you know it you just know it you know right and so you're attesting that to gut feeling which is okay cool I feel (laughs) your basketball question there or your basketball statement I'm thinking about I'm like as a non-basketball player I would just say yes every time and be hopeful that I'm manifesting (laughs) you're planning on how to cheat the study (laughs) I'm just like putting all my brain power into yes <laughs> why yes. are you being negative <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting that you can fine tune that and mm-hmm. so those are it seem to be like situational gut feelings where like it's in it's working in collaboration with whatever you're doing have you ever been wrong about a gut feeling or have you ever had a gut feeling went with it and then you kind of saw the error uh, of your yes. ways 
Yes. And I think it was funny because when I was reading about that basketball study, it actually made me think a lot about like work and working in the freelance space. There's a really big, you know, you work with so many different clients that there's a learning curve with learning red flags with clients that you maybe don't want to be working with. And I've definitely in my early years of freelancing had the wrong gut feeling about clients. And I can think of one instance in particular where I was, I remember coming out of our first kind of discovery call with each other being there was so much opportunity there was room to grow in my responsibilities with the clients like everything seemed incredible and I was so excited if if you asked me three months later it was like (laughs) the reason there was so much opportunity was because they didn't have a direction established right and they were changing their minds every other day and it became this really nightmare situation that I was totally wrong about in the beginning wow and now I know what questions to ask to make sure that doesn't happen but see I can tell based off my gut when I'm talking to a client or a potential client whether they're going to be a fit Right. So I raise your, I wouldn't attest that completely. I would argue that it's not completely your gut anymore. It's so maybe the way that you explain this, because I've never really thought about your gut and how you, you grow your gut. Okay. So not even mm-hmm. just from like a growing the the type of organisms that you have there and, and their different roles and stuff, because it is known that certain like, well, like we'll touch upon probiotics soon. If we, if we think about different probiotics can be taken to if you have diarrhea then sometimes they'll be like oh take this probiotic and it will specifically be able to help with this right and that is like Mm -hmm. growing it physically but the way that that scenario kind of played out it's almost like you grow your guts knowledge or understanding because now you've gone through that situation you've added it to like a catalog that your gut then goes into and it's like oh (laughs) remember Mm -hmm. this and maybe it's a way of of subconsciously or like your intuition is like you you don't remember every single thing that happens to you our memories don't work like that it's there somewhere we're not Mm -hmm. able to unlock it but maybe your gut acts like a little it's like there's literal gut feelings what we talked about with this connection between the gut and your brain and like how that relationship works and there's like a metaphorical gut feeling which is this subconscious part of your brain you're not necessarily sure and like no one's necessarily sure why we have these feelings or why we're able to have this intuition towards certain things yeah but whether it's some sort of like memory recall or past experiences and I think that it's funny because I I think things like social media and stuff like that can almost warp our gut instincts because they create these Mm -hmm. I was reading something about just like the echo chamber of social media and how when you're surrounded by entirely like-minded people or you know hearing the same things or seeing the same like, buying things the same snag appliances yeah <laughs> yeah then you kind of you're not necessarily creating your own gut feelings about things like it's almost steering the direction that you're oh that's scary Kim building it <laughs> stop steering is, like... me in the wrong direction <laughs> With your dreamy that was interesting. Post. Like that's like a complete aside, but I just thought that that was kind can of like you, an interesting connection. Okay, aside aside, can you do you <laughs> do you feel it in your actual gut? Is that a real? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that is. It's somewhere think, in your stomach. Yeah, I think you do. Like it's when you get like a pit in your stomach, which is ner- it's all tied to nerves. But then like, and I don't know the science behind this. Why I don't know who we ask about this. But, like, <laughs> why is like why do you get like a pit in your stomach when you're stressed? Like, what is that reaction that's happening? Do you think it's called bowel because it's like a bowl? That's where the emotions are. I, bowel- I don't know. We're gonna find out. <laughs> we're just we're on a complete tangent now. But okay, this 
actually going back to how your work story, which I'm curious, I'm going to do some digging in your past to find out which client that was if I can. <laughs> no, I'll tell you after this recording. Okay. <laughs> um, going back to this, like your work story, listening to it, I, how I kind of mentioned in the beginning, how sometimes like I have a gut feeling and based on certain information that's been presented to me and like I've gotten it wrong a lot of times, especially with people where Mm -hmm. and as you know I have movie ideas like all the time you know if if I were to die somebody please retrieve the notes in my phone because there are plenty of really good I think (laughs) potential (laughs) movie ideas but let me let me lay the scene I'll I'll let everybody in on this rom-com idea that I've been sitting on for a while nobody take it because this is proof that I had it first but basically I have been a landlord for like, I don't know, eight years. My parents bought us a townhouse or bought me a townhouse when I finished first year where I was living in residence. And so the the rule was first couple of years I was paying rent and my parents were handling everything. And then it got to a point where they were like, you don't have to pay rent, but you have to pay for all the bills. You have to manage everything. You have to do all the rental receipts. You know, if something breaks in the house, that's on you. And stupid me was like, that sounds like a steal. There's no way that's going to be <laughs> more. You know, JK, if your air conditioning breaks, you might as well just never have air conditioning because it's not worth it. Okay, just <laughs> for all the you. Just sweat. For all of you who have not had to deal with air conditioning problems, just don't. Just save yourself the the time and just don't do it anyway part of this being a landlord is you know for the most part we we would find people to live with that like we kind of knew but every once in a while stupid me was you know we couldn't I wasn't working hard enough to you know make connections with people and I had to find like random people okay Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and (laughs) (laughs) this is when like certain times certain information was presented to me and based on that information, I, I made assumptions or like my gut was like, yeah, this this feels like a good fit because, you know, this person does this or this person has this. And therefore, me and my guts were like, yeah, let's sign them. Let's get this tenant in. And so this whole idea of just like being so completely wrong about somebody just, you know, gut feeling, not gut feeling, but just assuming this is where this rom-com lays its scene. So I've always kind of said that for all of you who are single, don't hate me when I say this, but especially during a pandemic, but I always kind of say that, you know, maybe you can meet somebody if you just do the things that you love to do and hopefully you'll stumble upon somebody eventually. And I know that that's not a reality for everybody, but I just have this vision of like, if you have a dog, go to the dog park because then you'll meet somebody with a dog and then you'll 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 get married and you'll you'll go to the dog park together like very 101 dalmatians um, right you know roger and anita that kind of i guess the dogs set them up the kind of idea is that like if you're not somebody who frequents bars and your friends are like let's go to the bar you're probably not going to meet somebody that you can really vibe with the story starts you basically have somebody who you know comes to this conclusion that she wants to meet somebody who is like her so she's just gonna do the things that she wants to do and you know be really receptive and hopefully meet somebody organically in a time I know this is also like not very well it's not fully applicable yeah it's it's not very like with the times (laughs) it's not with the times this is gonna come out in 10 years when we're hopefully past this crap right but basically it's this idea that she okay she's like no I'm gonna meet somebody she likes to swim she goes to the library she has her dog she goes to the dog park this that whatever and her friends convince her like let's go to a bar you know you'll you'll meet 
someone and she's like no 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 because i don't like getting white girl wasted and i don't want to do this anyway she goes and the group of friends meet it's a bunch of guys and and there's somebody who's interested in her and she's just like i'm not into you because we're meeting at a bar and therefore she just like completely puts this person off to the side anyway so she keeps doing this like she has this plan she's doing all these things that she loves and she meets somebody okay um at one of those like maybe swimming or and they kind of hit it off she learns that they also have a dog these really nice looking things on on this guy's resume and she's really excited but her friends are like no but the guy from the bar and she's like no i still not into him whatever anyways as the movie unfolds the guy that she meets her seemingly organic way the entire movie i just want everything that she assumed or she had good feelings about to kind of just be destroyed just like systematically <laughs> you know like <laughs> he has a dog because everything he- <laughs> she loves ruined no no but like listen so like the dog for example is actually you know he's actually a really shitty person and the dog that he has was his ex-girlfriend's he didn't give it to her just out of spite and that's why he ended up with Mm -hmm. a dog so he wasn't a dog lover he was just and so then while this is happening then the bar guy basically it ends with like the bar guy was also forced to go with his friends to the bar and he's not a bar person either and then they end up connecting that's my very long basically the idea (laughs) that like how wrong your gut feeling can be yeah you know when you really want something to work it's like don't judge a book by its cover like which i think goes back to muscle memory like you have to i think the reason that humans are are one of the easiest things to like have the wrong gut feeling about is because we're so complicated and you can't until you get to know somebody and truly know them Mm -hmm. you can have good gut instincts about someone in the sense that like maybe you sense that someone's not safe or like a serial killer there is yeah yeah, or you know you can get a really bad vibe off of someone but i think a lot of the time when it's especially when you're talking about kind of like relationships and things like that and like i think one of the big problems with online dating stuff is that people are so quick to just be like on to the next one on to the next one or not even give someone a chance because you're not getting that one-on-one in person (laughs) you're not having your meet meet cute Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have that like meet cute. That's why with online dating, those first dates are really just to like see if you even are interested in them. It's really not a date. Yeah, necessarily. They could become one if you guys are, you know, if it's like a mutual thing. But I think it's about building that instinct and deciding whether this person's going to be the right fit for you because it takes time to do that accurately. Yeah, that's actually like a really good idea for like Hinge and or Bumble is like a little button that's like, let's just meet for five minutes. And if we if there's good vibes here, then let's set up a first date, because like I feel like a first date is just that meet cute. You know what I mean? Like once you pictures can be great, a profile can be great somebody can be a great texter or a bad texter and then you meet them and you're like oh <laughs> like yeah, how, how are you no, gonna get totally. a feeling off of off of picture you need more than that so yeah and you just you can't read someone like it, it totally I, you need that in-person experience with someone which is why when you make like you said with picking you know roommates based off of pretty surface level interactions before living together and then you living together is such an intimate experience that like when you jump from one to the other it can be really eye-opening to who a person actually is and then you're like oh I was totally wrong yeah I just yeah and like one of the so I have multiple we've had lots of good roommates but the ones that were bad could be the top (laughs) 10 worst for example when things got sour with one of these roommates I was like living in a museum of passive aggressiveness 
this because the toaster setting we would literally have to check the toaster setting because this individual would crank it and i'm like oh what kind of sociopath oh, I've, I've had situations like that too you know, what on earth you know and it's just you know wrapping up gut feelings do you think there's anything that you could be doing to get a better gut other than like eating well or taking like probiotics um, I think I good this is gonna sound so cheesy because like I really like what what I connected with the most when I was kind of researching this was that muscle memory aspect of things and how like you develop good gut instincts about specific things through experience and like through doing things and so to me it's the best way to develop those gut instincts is to just like do stuff go out and experience life and like try new things and meet new people because like the more you do that the more you're gonna get quicker and sharper at like realizing the things that are right for you and the things that are like not for you you know yeah just don't put a lot of money on it yeah (laughs) to live your best gut life yeah i did say that i wanted to touch on probiotics too because we kind of mentioned it a little bit before but i know that one of not all probiotics are born equal and unfortunately a few things that i've read is that sometimes what you see at the grocery store doesn't compare to something that you're getting from like like my naturopath for example courtney which who you all met uh, when we were uh, getting our prenatals and postnatals kind of together I'm on a probiotic and it came refrigerated when it was delivered and so I was looking up like why some probiotics have like such intense measures and it's because there's a lot that can damage probiotics from from like heat to uh, humidity it makes you wonder about the ones that are just like hanging out at Sobeys and you know like what's the difference there and I, I feel like what is that thing that they say like snake oil is like the oh yeah like selling snake oil I actually listened to a podcast recently that snake oil was actually pretty legit but <laughs> but yes it is about it sounds like, like they got you Kim like <laughs> No, it was the, it was actually about debunking whether it was true or not. But yeah, like it's the phrase is like when people are like peddling snake oil or like selling snake oil. It's, it's that basically like fake fake wellness, basically. Yeah, not all probiotics are born equal because I know that there are specific ones and you can take varieties of them for different. Like it's like a concoction or like a cocktail, right? Like you're not going to mm-hmm. put every single liquor together to make a cocktail. It's going to taste like absolute balls but instead you selectively choose mm-hmm. i think like like all wellness it's just about like finding the things that work for you and nobody you don't have to be perfect but like everything you can do to kind of make it fit within your life is is a step in the right direction and now for the philomath segment so here's my little toronto-based love story for you to set the scene the year is 1854 it's winter time, you know, the holiday season, you know, Christmas is around the corner. And Jeannie Hall was the daughter of a politician. And she lived in Peterborough. She grew up in Peterborough, but she had come to Toronto for the Christmas holidays. She had met this young engineer. His name is Sanford Fleming. Nine years Sorry, earlier. Sorry, Sanford? He... Sa- Sanf- Sanford. S- Sanford. Like sand <laughs> at the beach. Like Ford. S-A-N-D-F-O-R-D. Sanford okay. Fleming. All right, He's this ahead. young engineer. And they had met nine years earlier when he first came to Canada from Scotland and he had settled in Peterborough but she was quite young at the time she was only 14 so eventually he moved to continue his career in Toronto and they kind of lost touch over the holiday season they had kind of struck up this this new friendship or kind of rekindled a friendship and he offered to escort her home to Peterborough after the holidays okay cute cute so wait is this from uh, the love one or from the death one 
from the love okay good okay yeah, <laughs> to know what kind of vibe okay <laughs> she accepted his offer to you know escort her back to Peterborough and they took a sleigh and just outside Lindsay they hit something that was like buried in the snow and both of them were flung from the sleigh okay Jeannie luckily was fine but Sanford hit a tree stump and was knocked completely unconscious a quick little you know divergent here Sanford was quite the catch he was this tall dark and handsome guy you have you get the idea um <laughs> And he had captured the eye of this other woman. Her name was Bessie Mitchell. So the two had been having their little courtship for a while when one day Sanford said, in four weeks time on the evening of November 2nd, if the sunset is clear and bright, we'll get married. Now, when the night actually came and November 2nd rolled around, the sunset was cloudy and gray. And so he ended things with her and that was that. (laughs) (laughs) And so back to unconscious Sanford lying by the tree stump. Eventually he came to and he found Jeannie kind of hovering over him and he felt deeply in love. So he sent a letter to Peterborough asking her father for her hand and that was that the two were happily married. Years later, while traveling that same path, he stopped his carriage and whipped out a saw and just like sawed down the tree trunk that had once knocked him unconscious. And Jeannie was kind of like in the carriage being like, what are you doing? What are you going to do with that stump? Like, this is dumb. But years later, he turned that stump into a frame that held this, this, you know, at the time photography was super rare and he had this portrait of himself and Jeannie and their nine children. And so he turned that stump into a picture frame. Okay. But yeah, so I I mean, I should also know he was eventually went on to be knighted his most notable contribution is the concept of time zones and while some may think he was silly for basing his engagement on a sunset or falling in love based off of one seemingly almost tragic incident i think he just trusted his gut <laughs> oh very nice bravo anyway, so that's my that's my little toronto that's so story. sweet I'm i think that start... frames in a museum somewhere oh very murdochy that's all i was thinking of was the <laughs> <laughs> the Murdoch connection and for anybody who's you know because we're in third lockdown like I don't want to make everybody's you know the, end this episode on a drab note so we'll end it on like uh, if you need 13 seasons of something to watch watch Murdoch Mysteries it's on Netflix the show ended many years ago so this isn't even a plug that really makes sense it's great <laughs> it's great now TV. he's in those in- insurance commercials what really i love him okay cool cool, cool. Uh, yeah for uh oh i can't remember what insurance he catches like the girl like her car is wrecked and she drops her coffee cup and he like runs in and catches it before it hits the ground and he's like don't worry use like all state or something okay i'm gonna like look that. this up because it sounds like a it sounds like a good... look, very different than murdoch mysteries but yeah awesome okay well i think that pretty much concludes episode nine 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 next week episode a thousand (laughs) i'm just it's like the german like no (laughs) it's been stuck in my head to just be like nine 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 (laughs) anyway uh can you tell i have a newborn (laughs) yeah and you know what and special shout outs to my uh month old who maybe we'll see in editing if if you can catch him screaming in the first like three seconds of recording and my heart just sank you can and I was definitely like, hear hear his little his little baby noises at a, yeah. an occasional moment now he's sleeping the again. gurgles so yeah he's gonna start smiling this week they tell me on uh <laughs> on the internet as i'm like is this normal is, yeah. is this, this is nor- my baby's he's my baby's freaking me out <laughs> He's like really looking why, at me now. Why is my baby looking at me funny? 
anybody who's who uh, has aspirations of having children it's great <laughs> i'm having a i'm having a lot of fun that does conclude this episode we're gonna we're gonna put out um a call for reviews aren't we kim why don't we tell everybody yes. how how to do that because we need those and we love those and we'll love you for for writing one of those yes so if you go to apple podcast click on our show you'll see an option to leave a rating and leave a review if you could do both preferably favorable reviews and five star ratings only <laughs> um otherwise we don't need your help we'll Thank raffle you. off a date with him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm open to it if it means getting those ratings in. But yeah, is that on the app though or is that online? It is through the Apple Podcast app. But we will maybe put out some instructions on our Instagram account if you want to follow us at at Wits End Podcast. Okay guys, till next two weeks from now. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.